Actually, everyone has uh, uh, problems, difficulties, struggles, and some of it's uh, relational, you know, pain in terms of, uh, you know, partners or breaking up or betrayals in those, that area of life. Some of it's social, sense of so much work to do under pressure, stressed out, you know, or feeling that so much needs to be done for one's, uh, uh, in one's job to try to bring around effective, helpful services in the country. Some of it's just the fear of crime, violence and personal threat. Mm. So, how does this, how does this come into here? How does this, when this lands here, what, uh, what is the response? Yeah. Mm. In this context, response is to un- understand you know, the experience of overwhelm. As it flush, floods up, you can't handle it, can't manage it, can't cope too much. And then what happens is the mind, heart can't manage it, can't get round it, spins up into the world of proliferation. We, we carry this around with us, the memories, the perceptions, the, as I said, the psychological atmosphere, which does impact one's mind, one's nervous system runs into the body so your body becomes tense stressful impacted, agitated mind can't rest because it can't rest it doesn't get the strengthening effect therefore it feels overwhelmed therefore it floods therefore it proliferates therefore it keeps generating more of this atmosphere so this cycle goes on, you know, and uh, you know that's really the the topic that one can manage in terms of a retreat. What cannot we manage in terms of retreat is um, freedom from death, freedom from violence, freedom from blame, freedom from the. Malevolence of others cannot really be managed on a retreat. Um, you know, the, the, uh, as we recognize, most of the Buddhist countries, uh, Cambodia, China, Tibet, uh, Laos, Vietnam, all had, and Sri Lanka all had quite violent uh, revolutions, revolutionary forces, and certainly Southeast Asia, the, certainly the monastic population was butchered um, so what did all their chanting and so forth <laughs> what could they do then you know, was the entire uh, monastic population of, of Cambodia was brutally publicly slaughtered you know, people who'd never done anything harmful so you know um what does meditation do? Well, one of the things we do recognize we are in the we are in the realm of death. This body's in the realm of death. 
We have not gone, as it says in the chanting, we have not gone beyond, we are bound by this experience, or this is it bound by this experience. And one has to, in a way to recollect it daily. You know, this may be our last day, we, de- we never know when that will come to us. Uh, uh, death, violence, uh, there was a big uh, terrorist attack in Brussels recently, airport blown up with people killed, and before that was Paris, and so it goes on all over, you know. So I don't know whether, you know, how long I'll live for. Really, I always try to bear that in mind when I give retreats and when I see people to just give all I possibly can because I don't know, you know, I don't want to leave loose ends. <laughs> if there's anything I can do, I try to do it now because I just don't know when that will come. But I know it will come. Of this I'm certain. And that sort of, you know, it's it's okay. And uh, so I reflect upon it, and I reflect on it, not just reflect upon it, meditate upon it, to um, just to bring a sense of immediacy because there's no way I can protect myself from death, violence. Can't possibly, impossible, can't even attempt it. Uh, And it could happen to any of us. So I recollect the sense of, well, one must be prepared to, to go. Uh, therefore, as I recollect that daily, uh, eventually the fear goes. The fear goes. And the overwhelm goes. And the struggle goes. Mm. And what comes instead is a sense of uh, what's really important now. What's really important now is to get past fear, get past overwhelm, get past this flooding, uh, which can occur when actually nobody is doing anything violent to me. I can still live in that atmosphere. I can at least clear the atmosphere, not go into this, because you don't clear it, you just regenerate it. This can be done. If you re- keep regenerating it, then you live in it all the time. Um, and you will keep regenerating it unless you break through that level where it just, the mind can't handle it, therefore it gets overwhelmed, it floods, it proliferates, then it inhales the proliferations, it can't handle it, it floods, and so forth. So, you know, as somebody's saying to me, you know, somebody in a state of grief for 18 months, and all the time just going through the same cycle, flooding, overwhelming, can't handle it, therefore flooding, overwhelming, and just staying in that same system of, of, uh, of grief. And, and certainly one can't, one feels a tremendous sense of um, sorrow, sadness, but uh, that, that sense of sadness and compassion or whatever that can come up with that by itself you know uh, 
that doesn't do it. Um, there has to be the, the skills to just get through that break, that membrane, which you keep bouncing off, where we get flooded and overwhelmed, where it just goes cycling back to the same place, proliferation occurs, spinning out, what if this, and then remember this, floods out, comes back again, oh no, and it just keeps going on around this circle. Got to somehow find, is there a place where you can cut that cycle? Yeah. <coughs> and, you know, this is, so there's clearly very good reasons to experience that. I'm not by any means trivialising that world. You cannot help but see that the world is definitely a place where hell breaks loose. Uh, hungry ghosts roam, demons are around. There are also beautiful beings. That's, but yeah, there are. There is that. We live in this very mingled realm. And I. But to go, the only, what we, can, what we must do, what we can do, what we must do, is go deeper. This individually we can do, we must do. We may socially, we may interact, we may establish healthier social systems, we may, we may. And please, it would be lovely if we could certainly be part of, of that and put effort into that. But even without, even, you know, in, with all of that still, notice, you know, people still experience their their atmospheres, it's called their, their karma, you know, even when relatively peaceful situations. So, you know, like I live in Britain, many people aren't chirping with glee all the time, they're either, they're, you know, overwhelmed, flooded, because of, you know, some committed suicide or somebody, you know, because they're just so stressed out or somebody killed a car and crashed, somebody, people, you know, you live in a monastery, it's every day people are coming with, with pleas for my dead. And they're not old people, you know. Some woman came with a baby had died inside her body, hadn't even got out of her body, she had to give birth to a dead baby, so... Yeah. How do you? And so she just had to do that, and then just constantly coming out of that by acts of generosity, giving, praying, offering merit, offering sharing with this dead creep, with the dead baby. Now, clearly, it didn't bring the baby back to life, but it helps to break out of the overwhelm. There's some, there's an emotional expression that must can be made that takes one in deeper, but sometimes deepening goes into the, into the realm of sorrow, into the realm of, of, of grief. But instead of proliferating around it, we just allow the sorrow, we allow the grief, we open into that. And if, yeah, because, yeah, it happens. Uh, and it's not, sadness or pain 
or death that is the problem, it's proliferation that's the problem. We must die. We must, I, I cannot imagine one cannot experience sadness and grief. I don't think you'd be human if you didn't experience that. What kind of human being could not experience sadness and grief? I mean, elephants experience it. But we can check the flooding and the overwhelm to to the point when we can receive that, be with that, and release it. And one of the, you know, and it's only a, a skillful means I'm, I'm presenting, it's not the answer to everyone's problems, but it is just to realise you, you cannot possibly deal with an emotion with your brain. I mean, you can sort of sideline it, you can dismiss it, you can, you know, and probably we do. Yeah. But you cannot, the system cannot possibly deal with an emotion skillfully through thought. Because that is not what thought is for. Thought is great for figuring out kilometres and, you know, abstracts is fantastic for that. But, but it cannot deal with that. This is, this is the level of what emotion is the feeling sense and thought doesn't do, doesn't do feeling. Doesn't speak the language. Does it? You know? Now, thought may evoke a feeling, but thought is not, has no feeling to it. That's why it's kind of attractive sometimes. You go into the world of thought, all these nice ideas, and it's all fine up there. <laughs> That's why people, people go there so much and, and abstract and, uh, yeah, just get all their computer games and things and up in, up there because don't feel it you don't feel but but the big but is if you do spend a lot of time up there it doesn't mean you've you've cleared the atmosphere you just stuck your head above it and when you when you come down for air you're going to go into it again <laughs> you know it's, it's it's still there so we really don't do ourselves that many favors by just abstracting and thinking because even without you know violence, crime, terrible things happening, we still experience the same root issues of, of uh, stress, sorrow, separation from the love, being misunderstood, hard, too much hard work, confused people, all that kind of stuff going on. Sometimes for no apparent reason either. Yeah. Monasteries are like this, you often meet people coming there almost suicidal, and just just life it's too much too much yeah. <coughs> so what can can be done is we begin to you know as we recollect our fragility that's not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of accuracy. This is, a, this is a fragile form. It's vulnerable. Okay. Um, 
the we have so we deepen into the immaterial. And the immaterial doesn't mean the world of thought, it means the world of of these fields of mind, fields of body, uh, fields of karma, which are um, you know you can't detect them as as, as physicality. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And this is where this is where the atmospheres get created, the atmospheres that we live within. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So we begin to okay this this thing this thing dies. Um, then when I come into looking into the immaterial, I, I, I have done a sense of gratitude. I've been allowed many years on this planet. I've met wise people. I have, you know, I've experienced goodness. Good feelings have come through me. Um, I've been blessed with many treasures that have passed through. Thank you. To be able to just say thank you to one's life. It's not, it's all been pleasant, but there's been beautiful things happen that I've been able to receive and channel. That was important. It didn't have to happen. So that was, that was, so you start to see what is important. Important is to, is to recollect oneself, to collect oneself into the beauty rather than into the fear. And in the beauty you don't proliferate, you just step back with a sense of awe and respect. Mm -hmm. It helps to do that. Why have I got any right to live another day? Why, you know, why shouldn't somebody chop my head off? You know, I've got no say on it, have I? One time I was in a, in a, going Tudong, which is this, I've mentioned it before, in a, in a, and this is a sense where you just go out with your bowl and live out in the, in the wilderness, or go walking. This time I was in a national park in Thailand where there were tigers. Um, so, and the idea was you just go out there and sit undefended in, a, in the jungle. And so the idea is it's supposed to be good, good for you in some weird way. <laughs> the monk I went, went with, he wasn't very, his English wasn't very good, he said, good samadhi, good for samadhi. And then, but then he said, well, you know, you go over there, I go over here. So we had to break up, so we had to be on our own, no candles, sit, sit in the darkness. And then eat in the night time, the darkness, in the jungle, and God, everything is howling and screeching and wailing, and what's going on, and it sounds like tigers all around. And you sit, oh my God, what have I got into? And then, you know, the idea of me, nice little English person, comes to Thailand, has a holiday, goes, Goes back home again, does his business. And, no, he ain't. He's hitting here like a meatball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on a, on, a, on a piece of plastic in the middle of a jungle. 
with absolutely zilch chance. If the tiger comes, you've got less than zero chance of escaping <laughs> this, you know, enormous creature. <laughs> so, tiger always they say, "Oh, your tiger always comes from behind, cuts your head off from behind." But oh, love that's interesting. Huh? Make a note of that. <laughs> Great. And people love to give you these tiger stories just before you go in there, so you're really psyched up with it. <laughs> no, 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 I've got things to do, I've got things, no you haven't, you know. I've got, I've got, I've got to get back to Amrawadi and, no you haven't, there's no got to about it, you know. And you start to think all the reasons why you can't die, and they all, no, that doesn't count. As far as the tigers come, he comes and says, oh, I'm sorry, I haven't finished writing your book yet. Oh, don't worry, I'll come back next week when you're done. <laughs> There's no deal. <laughs> so you sit there, and they say, oh, you know, tigers, they don't normally attack people. Not normally, only occasionally. <laughs> Like if they're frightened or old tigers sometimes maybe because they can't run after a deer or, or sick tigers <laughs> who can't run after deer they might attack but generally most tigers only old ones or sick ones or when you're listening he sounds he sounds exactly the kind of sound an old sick tiger <laughs> that's exactly what they sound like it's kind of sniffling snuffling he sounds like an old sick tiger to me. <laughs> <laughs> He's checking me out, you know, he's think some sound around my back. <laughs> and you keep thinking the reasons why you can't die and they all none of them stand up. You can die. In fact you will die and maybe do. Oh God. This is it. Sitting there and this can hear this sound coming round coming behind, you know, where the tiger <laughs> smashes your head in. Oh, Lord. And you can hear sound, something kind of rustling around behind, and getting closer. Oh, right. Oh, you know, it's like your back just goes like a, like a, um, like a rod. Sitting there, just, I'm looking at this star somewhere out there. This is the last moment. <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, it's an interesting moment when you hear this creature coming from behind. No, you can't run. Beautiful star. Beautiful star. What a beautiful star. You know, without thinking, just this sense of the, the tremendous beauty of, of being able to see one star. Yeah. How marvellous to be able to see one star in all its all its majesty. I wasn't thinking, but just totally totally amazed by this star in this very heightened state. And then it, this sort of wherever it was coming up behind, and then oh, and then something touches in the middle of my back. Like, and I realise my, my head's still on my shoulders. <laughs> Whatever that was, it was at the time. I mean, it's kind of... Sweat. <laughs> Just rolling and the star pulsing in the sky. Like the most beautiful, glorious, jubilant star. 
pogs in Oh, they never looked so good before. <laughs> and you know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the fear. You know, because you live this life as if it's all, yeah, yeah, here we go another day. Like it's all so trivialized. Because we take it for granted. And we take each other for granted. And we, because we imagine there'll be tomorrow and so what, and then finish that. We kind of live in this, you know, like, like that lack of imminence. You might not see this person again, you know. Can you guarantee, why should you imagine you're going to die and live another day? Yeah, or what's the proof? So, now, you know, and when you sharpen your mind like that, then you feel the enormous thank you for one moment, for seeing a star for one moment. And you realize, you know, some. It's just the beauty of consciousness. Just to be granted consciousness where one can appreciate not just the eyes but the ability to have a chitta which can rise in awe and joy. And yeah. And uh, just so when these you know, what does it take? It takes the non where the mind is so does not proliferate. And so this is a particular situation, you can't ask tigers to come every day, after all they've got other things to do. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a radical meditation technique. And he's right, it was good for samadhi, because certainly mine didn't wander. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just an example of how actually the problem wasn't really the fear, or even the death. The problem is this mind's proliferation, the scattering, the anxiety, living in this toxic atmosphere. So just to be able to blow that toxic atmosphere away, you know, even for a moment, even for a second, even for a minute, even for an hour, this is worthwhile. See? You know, my life is worthwhile. My life is worthwhile. If this is if this is all, my life is worthwhile. Just to have come out of that. Because yeah. this you know, this this toxic atmosphere is not just because you know, in places where there's been violence or civil war or famine, it's it's everywhere. People are worried, nervous anxious about their jobs, frightened of other people, criticising themselves, um, you know, stressed out. Dukkha, it's called. And to come out of that. Now this is something we can, we can do. And once you realise this actually is really the only possibility. I mean the only thing you can do that really is transformative. The rest of it is just moving stuff around, handling, coping, managing stuff. 
not actually taking us out of this this realm of yeah of dukkha, which is our core problem. It's not take we and we are as we dwell in it, we proliferate, we generate it, we breathe it in, we breathe it out. It gets into our bodies. We start to to project it onto others, and this is the whole thing. And you know, if you did social studies, you probably recognise this is why. You know, where does crime come from? Where does violence come from? Well, you know, my opinion, such as it is, <laughs> it's endemic to uh, to systems that are based on money, that are based on deprivation, that are based on superstition, that are based on ignorance. <clears throat> Human beings prone to this become violent, abusive, lack of empathy, and so on. So it's all bound up, and it's, you know, and we're all in that, that, that structure. But even if we weren't, we'd still be in the, 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 the uh, dukkha atmosphere of old age sickness, <coughs> death, separation from the loved, being that one doesn't enjoy, uh, blame, failure, criticism, anxiety about others, needing to perform to prove one's good enough and all this sort of stuff that people get stressed out around and all the, you know, and actually often the, the means they, they use to try to get out of it just makes it worse. You know, where do the addictions come from? Where do the drug abuse come from? Where does the, the uh, um, you know, all these things come from? Trying to get out of basic dukkha, out of, you know, so because we haven't got out of it, we have, we have in fact intensified it to the extent to which we haven't been able to, to deepen beyond that. Then we've unconsciously drunk more of it in and keep replicating it. And, you know, you probably notice this yourself if you contemplate it on retreat. What is it that's making you stressed at this time? It's old habits, old patterns. You see your mind doing the same thing, stressing you causing you, well, you know, it's not, where's that? How do you get out of that? Well, we accept this, this level of what it is, and uh, we learn to deepen. Deeper you go, lighter it gets. To go deeper, one thing one must understand, you have to get past fearing death. And certainly this is, yeah, I mean, it's not, you it's practice it, that's, that's certainly a great help. And coming into your body. Because actually, your death itself is really, the proliferation around it is the problem. Yeah. Everybody dies perfectly. Successfully, nobody's failed. <laughs> you can't get it wrong, really. <laughs> so that relief, isn't it? Finally, I'm a success. <laughs> if that's one of your problems. 
but they're coming into the, this, this body where the, the emotion and the proliferation can be checked and it can be discharged and we, I'm trying to helpfully, hopefully encourage you to, to develop the resources to be able to discharge this suffering but I'm not capable, no one is capable of preventing you from experiencing suffering but to discharge it and to not regenerate it, this is possible. So, you know, what does it feel like? What I'm saying, what does it feel like when you, you know, find the topic, the guess that comes to you, the worry, the concern, the sorrow, the disappointment, the frustration with yourself? What does it feel like? That's what I'm saying. Even where do you feel it? What happens in your parts of your body? What happens in your throat? What happens in your belly? What happens to your breathing? <coughs> Can you stay in your body when those things occur? Hmm? Can you sense what is that? those energies in your body when they occur? As you sense these areas, your body becoming intensified, sometimes locked, sometimes tensing up, sometimes extremely agitated can you find areas of your body also that are outside that so can you lengthen, widen, soften right down to your feet palms of your hands these areas generally you don't worry with your feet you generally worry in your guts you don't fear in your feet you generally fear around your heart you don't feel overwhelmed in your fingers, you feel it generally coming up into your throat where something's trying to hold it back. So, just you know, finding places in your body where you can feel widen into those areas where you can feel a sense of well, it's just soft, warm, okay, pick it up now. The the beauty of this relationship between body and mind is that if you keep turning to these uh, softer places, open places, and we all, we all have that somewhere, you just look around, contemplate. Don't get into your topic until you can get out of it. And that's as a simple motto, don't go into something until you can go out of it. It doesn't mean going out of it, doesn't mean uh, Suppressing it means standing outside that, and uh huh, and to stand outside you have to have a healthy place, and this this body can provide that. Sometimes the the presence of another can provide that, as you know, you know someone else who you can sort of put it out there to, and they go, yeah, 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 yeah. is that is it? So your your chitta picks up the sign of non-stress and it's able then to begin to breathe out through that now this is possible and this is discharging when we discharge that that energy then you know in a way you've accomplished quite a bit not everything but you've accomplished something you've been able to at least discharge doesn't mean you don't feel the fear or the sorrow, but you're able to discharge it. 
Mm-hmm. And this in itself is is fantastic if you can do that. If you can do that, and it just takes time and encouragement to keep widening, softening. Where does the chitta pick up the quality of something buoyant? Rapture, called rapture, but you so these enlightenment factors, mindfulness, you frame it up, you apply yourself, you look inward, you look, you contemplate, you put energy into that, and then what place, where, could be in the middle of the breath, it could be anywhere in the, in the breathing body, where instead of the, the resistance or the struggling or the fluttering or the tension, there's a sense of, oh, yeah. Uh, is that? Uh-huh. Mm. Can you contemplate non-suffering? Mm. <clears throat> Suffering is so magnetic, isn't it? I mean, go in there, and we go in there. It shouldn't be this way. Something wrong. God, I'm so crazy. I shouldn't make a problem like this. After all. You know, I mean, you know, why am I to make a massive issue out of this? It must be because of this. Then we're in it, and it's the I am comes up trying to trying to work a way out of it, get out of it, but it can't because the I am that's generated through suffering cannot get out because it's a result of that. But so we, where where is the the sense of the non-suffering. Now you can find this in in your body, and why do I say that? Because this body can experience quite a strong resonance of of release of ease, and it gives this feedback called. Uh, rapture, which is both well, it, conducive to rapture, sense of bodily ease and comfort, and the mind begins to pick <coughs> up. It's by no means only bodily, but the chitta gets support for that experience from a sense of bodily comfort, place where the body's not not agitated in that. What's that? Listen to the sign, pick up the sign. Where is it the place when the emotion which is running through for a moment is able to pause? Before you kick it again, before you pick it up again. Where is the moment when that powerful fear or feeling is heard and uh is not picked up and added to? Where's that? Where's the ending of that wave find it in your body find it in your space find it in your heart find it in the presence of another touch into that and soothe use these moments for just you know soothing the entirety of your experience in the here and now, just with that quality of ease. This is doable. Mm.
and we must be very simple with this radically simple because it doesn't have answers it doesn't have thoughts it doesn't tell you what to do with the rest of your life it doesn't tell you about the state of the world that's not its job that's the job of thinking you know, this is the job of the ending of suffering um, but if you find it helps to clear your atmosphere so that then you can from a clear atmosphere you can begin to be wiser and more astute and think clearly there's nothing wrong with thinking when it's clear we need to think clearly but where does that come from it comes from when these atmospheres karma and proliferation abate yeah we okay we begin to recognize okay you know maybe today I die maybe tomorrow okay well just don't carry a lot of stuff with you that you have to hold on to you know live lightly live joyfully do good um, you know uh, it's, it's not being a grasshopper you know live for the present moment but it is a sense of of this is the only place where the real life liveliness is lifing is if you haven't lived your life ever with this you haven't really lived it you know, this this was the gift. This was the this was the gift. To see the star, to experience the awe of 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 consciousness. This was the gift. And you know, you can ask for too much. just giving us the, the experience of the even for a moments or half an hour or periods of time or when that, that cycle of self with its histories and its problems and its fears just want to slip for a moment when that cycle can actually just pause and there's something blessed and bigger than that <coughs> now certainly do not wish to trivialize uh, the need for personal action and personal organization but to take one's resources from that well of being not from the spin of becoming in time go into the realm of being and then you can begin to okay get your what's called becoming your your actions your performance your strategies your how you deal with you know things on this level you've got some some refreshment and some probably some skills to to because you begin to understand where what are the flashpoints that get you proliferating let's you know be, be very honest about it because you'll get your certain in, in deepening you're bound to hear the messages that try to prevent you deepening those are, the, those are your trigger points yeah? you start to deepen, oh, I can't do this oh that's one of them, I can't do it yeah? <laughs> or I've got, to, I've got to 
learn something in order to do it. That's another one. Or I'm probably getting it wrong, another one. You know, this sort of the worry doubt mind, that's one of the trigger points that we believe in. We follow it. Yeah. You hear that little voice and then we follow it. And the whole world of proliferation starts. Yeah. This this is it. so so you're bound to meet these on on the route. On route as you as you're deepening, you're bound to meet these. Not enough time to meditate, not enough effort to meditate, not good enough to meditate, too old to meditate, too sick to meditate, dead. <laughs> too late to meditate. <laughs> Too young to meditate, too busy to meditate, having too much fun to meditate. Yeah. <laughs> too late to meditate. <laughs> so the message is saying, don't deepen, don't deepen, don't deepen. There's a good reason why you can't deepen. No, there isn't. <laughs> this exactly this these are the trigger points, isn't it? Yeah. Oh I can't I can't understand how to do it, you know, I've got to follow the system. No, I don't think so. Just uh, you know there are skillful means, but essentially it um, it's really just sound. Trying to keep the meditation structure itself as simple as possible, just breathing in, breathing out, pause, widen, soften, let it go fully out, feel it in your body. Yeah. Just keep returning to that. Cut the narratives till you get to that. Get past the messages, and from when you're past the message, then you can come back and really start to to look at those trigger points. But as I was saying, don't go into those until you can. You've got the ability to come out. Then you can return to them with some resources. Yeah, and sometimes again we are too too impatient. We come to our trigger points. We start to you know, try and figure it out or analyze it or put, you know, somehow work it out. And you don't have the resources to do so. You get the resource of the fearlessness of being, the joy of being. Then the, the jitta is enriched and we can, we can return to these trigger points. Oh, that's what it is. It arises on that perception, that attitude, and actually, that's a complete fallacy. <laughs> you know? It's, you sort of see through it. Like, you know, when I'm sitting in the tiger, tiger oh, no, I'm too busy to die, I'm too important to die, I'm too... English to dine, whatever it is, <laughs> so stupid stuff. No, you're not. <laughs> and then you stop suffering. Okay, I die. So, there's millions of people doing it every day. Why, why shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, right. You know, but not, not just philosophically, but a really emotional sense of, yeah, get over it, you know. And something is, then you then so you really relaxes into the beauty. And whether there's future birth or not, you might have your own opinions of it.
for myself, I kind of feel that this incarnation, this physicality is not the be-all and end-all of existence, put it that way. But whether it is or isn't, at least to have touched into the beauty, the depths, even for a moment, I'm grateful. That was enough. Mm. handling dukkha as the Buddha himself said he said you know this is such an important thing that if somebody says you know here's, here's a deal and the deal is that in the morning they're going to strike you with a hundred spears and the afternoon they strike you with a hundred spears and the evening they strike you with a hundred spears I do this every day for a hundred years. At the end of it, you'll realise this truth. So if somebody offers you that deal, take it, it's worthwhile. <laughs> because you're you won't just be oh well here I am getting by. No, it's not bad, you'll be you'll be hugely deeper and 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 nothing can nothing can get you. They can't get you. They can take your car, they can take your house, they can take your body, they can't get you. And that's that's the freedom. Now when you realise that, when you know that, when you that's in your guts, then okay, you know, you're just a lot more less reactive, uh, you don't live in this poisoned atmosphere all the time. And you generally find that your your life performance is going to be something that you just do, and you do it because that's your your performance, and you do it with as good heart as possible, and you recognise, you know, in this world, you somebody's gonna like you, somebody won't like you, you know, you can get whatever it takes, but. You're not rattled by the by the fear. You haven't got that thing round your throat. This is possible. The rest of it's not. Mm. And so Jitta has to learn this. And you study. Mm. And generally, you know, I sometimes I say, well, I try to figure out what actually is this meditation? Can I get it right down? You know, <laughs> what is this all about? I try to simplify as much as possible because I get lost in the details. Well, the first thing is just pay attention constantly. You know, pay attention to what, meet what arises. Pay attention to it. It may seem stupid, silly, minor, profound, profane, mundane, but if it touched you, what's that? Whether it's in yourself or another, what was that? Pay attention. Don't don't spin out. There's plenty of stuff to read now. You're looking at the book. You're in the book. Pay attention. Pay attention to those little twitches in your mind where you go, what's that? <laughs> pay attention to those places where you, you brush something aside, dismiss something, pay attention. What was that? Not 
you know, critical attention, but just, uh-huh. what was that? What was the jump? What was that? Pay attention. Frame it up. Hmm? Yeah, what was the feeling? How is the feeling? What's the, what's happening there? Frame that up. Soften, widen. Don't go tightly into the thing or tightly into some tight statement about it, but just come into the amplitude. And we can do this with breathing. Soften, widen. Don't make breathing another tightened topic that you've got to be tight about and stressed out about to get it right. You know, if you're breathing, this is why the Buddha presented it. You know, as something that bodies do naturally. You don't have to do it. You don't have to be good at it. You know, stop doing this stuff. You know, it's as natural as sweating. It's just like that. You know, it's just essentially we do more than let it soften you. Wherever you can find that softening, widening effect. Some places are too subtle for you to find it or too tight. Find it where it is, where it can present that sign to the to the mind. Soften, widen, slowing down, pasadi soothing. Taking all the time in the world to just feel the energies soothing and softening and widening. Yeah. And you in, so then include it all include your whole body and you begin to allow that which arises to enter into this realm to be unpicked we turn or we allow the vipaka to arise the accumulations to arise and we hold them in this span of calm, sensitivity, generosity, kindness, awareness. When that when that resource is it, that's what it's for. It's not really you've got to be all sorted out before you can calm down. You've got to be totally straight and no neurotic twitches before you can No, no you don't. You know? You you can be sort of um, you know, I wouldn't say I'm very neurotic, but I'm you know, a little bit neurotic. <laughs> Getting better. <laughs> Just don't look at me like that, that's all. <laughs> you know, you get, you get overreactive, uh, self-critical, <laughs> desperately trying to do a good job, you know, all these kind of things are not, are not unknown to me. Fearful of contact, shy, embarrassed, awkward. Uh, irritable, <laughs> uh, defensive, <laughs> the whole thing. But my heart's in the right place. <laughs> it's just that there's all this stuff that I, that's got in there. And just, oh, oh goodness, I wish I were. Oh, you are, there it is. So, so often, why? Include it all. Include it all. Very patient, very loving. Just, you don't have to like it, but you love it which doesn't mean you get pleasant feeling out of it. <laughs> Love is not about pleasant feeling. It's about 
providing the security to widen and soften. It's not about pleasant feeling. But the results of doing that are pleasant because the stress arises and you don't proliferate and you feel a bit funny and you relax and it passes and you feel good then it's pleasant the pleasantness of relief this is possible now you know just just if we can experience any of this some of this surely our time here has not been wasted how much do you want out of life we live way longer than most creatures how much do you want you know we've got taken all this stuff from the earth we're really robbers (laughs) in some ways we've taken everything from the earth how much do you want it's okay you know Thank you. And just be, feel a sense of, well, others, others violate, others attack, others do sour, terrible, wicked, horrible things. How, how sad for them. They have lost the joy of their life. Uh, I will not. This is the possibility. Others are greedy, accumulative, manipulative, domineering, exploitation, exploitative. They have lost the joy of their life. They have lost the gift of their life. I will not lose mine. Mm. Others may, you know, berate me. I'm grateful that I'm not berating them. This is something I can do. I cannot stop others berating or violating me but I can stop doing it this is, it's not under my power I'm grateful for any day they don't but it's not under my power but I can refuse to do it to others this is under my power yeah. therefore the joy of my life is not lost the treasure of my life is not thrown away yeah. so Offer this for your consideration this evening. Mm.